Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word that you will make plain to our ears. Let your name be exalted. Let your word be magnified in our hearts by your spirit. And give us the heart to understand. Let your spirit come into our hearts now, Lord, and prepare the words to come and find a dwelling place, an abiding place likewise. We thank you now for having received. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Maranatha, October 16. The nature of the final battle. The Lord had opened his armory and had brought forth the weapons of his indignation. Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 25. At his own will, God summons the forces of nature to overthrow the might of his enemies. Fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Psalms chapter 148 verse 8. When the hidden Amorites had set themselves to resist his purposes, God interposed casting down great stones from heaven upon the enemies of Israel. We are told of a greater battle to take place in the closing scenes of earth's history when Jehovah hath opened his armory and hath brought forth the weapons of his indignation. Jeremiah 50 verse 25 Has thou, he inquires, entered into the treasures of the snow? Or has thou seen the treasures of the hail? which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. Job 38, verse 22 and 23. The Revelator describes the destruction that is to take place when the great voice out of the temple of heaven announces, It is done. He says, There fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. Revelation chapter 16 verse 17 and 21. In the last scenes of this earth's history, war will rage. The powers of evil will not yield up the conflict without a struggle, but providence has a part to act in the battle of Armageddon. The captain of the Lord's host will stand at the head of the angels of heaven to direct the battle. He on whose vesture is written the name, King of kings and Lord of lords, leads forth the armies of heaven on white horses clothed in fine linen, clean and white. When he shall come to the earth again, he will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. The heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26, Isaiah chapter 24 verse 20, Isaiah chapter 34 verse 4, Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10, and Joel chapter 3 verse 16. Amen. In the book of Revelation 13, verse 16, we hear 
the threat of the second beast that comes out of the earth. 15 first it says that and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed so we see first the threats that anyone who does not worship the image of the beast should be killed 16 and he caused all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name so this is a threat by the beast power system and in revelation 14 god gives his own threat and says and the third angel followed them saying if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand then the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture in the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So we see God warning, verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascending forever and ever, they and they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image and whosoever received the mark on his of his, of his name so we see god warning and threatening and then the beast is also threatening in revelation 14 still god calls out his people babylon is fallen is fallen and he, because he makes all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication in revelation 18 verses 1 the bible says and he cried out he cried mightily with a strong voice saying babylon the great is fallen is fallen and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird verse 4 and i heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven and god had remembered her iniquity babylon god said to his people come out of her the same way as god called the children of israel out of egypt that they might keep his sabbath so he calls his people out of babylon that they may not worship the beast or his image the man of sin who sought to change times and laws has exalted himself above god by presenting a spurious sabbath to the world the christian world has accepted the child of the papacy and cradled and nourished it thus defying god by removing his memorial and setting up a rival sabbath so babylon represents every false system of worship and here god is calling his people out we know from the history books that the from the history books that the it was the catholic church that changed the sabbath from saturday from sunday to from saturday to sunday rather which is a work 
that the Bible prophesied in Daniel 25 that she would do. 725, remember, Daniel prophesied that she would think to change times and laws and seasons. And then I'll read 725 briefly. It says, And she shall speak great words. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the sins of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand unto time and times and the dividing of time. So the specific law that God uses to recognize or gives as a mark or a sign of his authority, which is the seventh day Sabbath, as in Ezekiel 20 verse 12, the Roman Catholic Church claims to have the power to change it, uh, eventually raising up a mark that is against God's own mark. God's mark is the Sabbath of the seventh day. The Roman Catholic Church raises the Sunday as her mark. I read from an evidence, the Converse Catechism of Catholic Doctrine, page 50, third edition, written in 1957. Question. Which is the Sabbath day? Answer. Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question. Why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer. We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church in the Council of Laodicea AD 364 transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. This is written by Peter Giergman, the convert catechism. So we see one evidence. There is another evidence I want to read here. It's written by the news, Elizabeth, New Jersey, March 18, 1903. It is well to remind the Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists and all other Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church and those who observe the day observe a commandment of the Catholic Church. This is Priest Brady in an address reported in the news. So you can see that man has raised a mark which she threatens, we are going to face this in the future, she threatens that anyone who does not receive the mark will not buy or sell or will be killed. And God in his own warning or in threat in Revelation 14 warns again and says, if anyone receives the beast, the mark of the beast, of course we know from Daniel 7, which I won't be going into now, which the beast that we are revealed to Daniel in the vision, and which the angel told him the, the beast represents kingdom, Daniel 7, 21, 23. So, but here there's a threat, and that threat is what God is warning us against Babylon. Now, Babylon did its work by analogy and typology. Babylon did its work in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 51. God told the physical Babylon then that it was going to be thrown down. But in Revelation 18, we see the fulfillment, which I want to read now, that in our own time, the, the work of destruction which God is doing to Babylon, which represents this false system of worship raised up by the Roman Catholic system, by which other nations, other Christian bodies have followed suit, God threatens that she is going to destroy her and wants his own people not to be part of them. So I read Revelation 18, verses... 20 and 21 and rejoice 
over her thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets for god hath avenged you on her and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea saying toss with violence shall that great city babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all so here god prophesies of the destruction of this mammoth system that has has spread her lies or her doctrines by which many of the other uh, bodies many other christians unknown to them have been deceived but i want to end with the call god makes to his people in verse 4 god god says come out of her my people that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues the plagues we speak of is what today this revolutionary is talking about where god told job that he had prepared the millstones the hailstones rather job 38 verse 22 has thou he inquires entered into the treasures of of the snow or has thou seen the treasures of the hail which i have reserved against the time of trouble against the day of battle and of war god does not want us to be part of this and the simple way is to not to join satan and his cohorts in this disobedience in this uh, corporate disobedience which we render to god it is because of this that god is sending the warning to his children today come out of her my people i pray that as we heed these words and take them to heart as god gives them god will really be found in the shelter of the most high it is your experience in christ's name amen amen following up the same line that my brother had told before and within ezekiel 38 ezekiel 38 has this context in the last days as we will see in the reading it is speaking about a certain people gog and magog gog and magog if you read revelation 16 it typifies babylon in the end I'll begin from verse 14 now Ezekiel 33 from verse 38 from verse 14 Therefore son of man prophesy and say unto Gog thus saith the Lord God in that day when in that day when my people of when my people of Israel dwelleth safely shall thou not know it and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts thou and many people with thee all of them riding upon horses and great company and a mighty army. Remember that this devotion is talking about the last battle. And thou shalt come up, come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the later days. So you see, it's talking about the last days. It shall be in the later days. And I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee. O God, before their eyes. 17. Thoughts saith the Lord God, Are thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. Before I continue, let me explain that the land of Israel that is signified here is not the literal land of Israel that some individuals are occupying today as Israel. 
Revelation 7 tells us that there are, there's a work that is going on now. And that work that God is preparing the people to stand in the day where he's going to come. He calls those individuals the Israel of God. He calls them the, the, the children of Israel. That is anyone who accepts Jesus Christ and, be, and they are cleansed from their iniquities by the grace of Christ to overcome their sins. They are Israel. Galatians 3.29, Revelation 7, 1-3, 1-4. So I'll continue there, having made that, that point clear concerning the land of Israel. So, and then Gog also is uh, Babylon, figuratively Babylon, or the system of the whole world under a religious, false religious garb, who are those who have broken God's commandments coming against people of God in the last days when um, like God has threatened that he's going to give them his wrath if they should choose uh, the, the way of man instead of his own way. So verse, I'll read that, take that verse 18 again, then downward. And it shall come to pass at that same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face, for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. You see, this is Christ's second coming. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, like as my brother had read before in Revelation chapter 14 from verse 9 to 12. You see, this is what God has spoken as he said there. He said, are you Gog that I spoke about through my servants of old that I'm going to do so, so, so and so to them? God has seen what is going to happen in the future. He has laid out the plans and he says, those who will take this side, this is what I will do to them. I will rain upon them fire hail and brimstones those who shall honor me who shall accept the work that i have done for them in christ and take up my power to overcome their sins and keep my commandments they shall be the ones that shall see me in purity of heart and motive but these other individuals he says he has reserved to them fire great hailstones and brimstone this is how he will vindicate himself in the eyes of the world which part will you take which part will you stand? I have read for the wicked. Now let me read for the righteous. So you see, it's still the same context. That what, how would the righteous feel, or what would, how, what would they be undergoing through during this time? I read from Psalms 18. Psalms 18. Psalms 18. I will read from verse um, three. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, because God's people then will be weeping and crying for God to deliver them before this voice is heard and the voice brings about the hailstones and the, uh, the, the rain and the fire and brimstone. 
says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Psalms 18, 3 downwards. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the flaws of ungodly men, men who have despised God's commandments. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wrath. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. By it he bowed the heavens also, and came down. And darkness was under his feet. This is Christ coming to save his people from the from uh, the ungodly men. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens. I mean, this is when his voice is heard. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of, thy no of the breath of thy nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I'll come back to that point because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did, I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, for this reason, had the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou will show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou will show thyself upright. With a pure, thou will show thyself pure. And with a forward, thou will show thyself forward. This is on the part of the people of God when they shall be crying here and there for, God's, for God to intervene on their behalf when the wicked will compass them to come and destroy them. And look at how God comes. Look at the kind of things that God is talking about his own people. He says, it's said here, God rewarded me according to the cleanness of my hands. If you, do, you and I don't have a pure heart and a clean hand, we cannot see the face of God. Then why? When the mountains will be shaking and the earth is shaking here and there, the foundations of the world is being discovered. At the, at the flash of the lightning, you are seeing the, the core of the earth as it is shaking before the maker. You are seeing hailstones and fire. You cannot stand it. No human being can stand this thing. That is why the wicked will flee from him, saying, Hide us, for the wrath of the Lamb has come. The day of his wrath has come. The only reason why you can stand is because you have a clean heart and a pure heart. A clean hand and a pure heart. 
This is the reason why we are told now, we should purify ourselves as Christ is pure. And we know we cannot do that by ourselves, but we should let the Spirit of God dwell in us and His Word dwell in us to purify us now. Because at that time, God will reward us according to our works, as our works shall be. And he said, he said in verse 21 and 22, I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. The ways of the Lord are seen in the commandments. For, I have, I, for all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him. I kept myself from my iniquity. If you, if you, are, if you are rejoicing in your sin, you will not be saved. One prerequisite to be safe at that time is I kept myself from my iniquity. Of course, we know that this refers to Christ keeping you by you accepting him into your life and letting him take away that sin from you. If you do not keep yourself from that sin, you will be destroyed with it. I kept myself from my iniquity and the Lord will reward you according to the cleanness of your hands. If you don't have a clean heart and a pure hand, the Lord will reward you that way also. Because it is said in Hebrews 12 that without holiness no man shall see God. Now I mentioned before the point that God delivered us because he, ha- he delighted in us. Verse 19. I remember Psalm 91 that said that gave a reason why God would protect his people and, and save them at that time when this whole problem will be going on in the world. When he's coming to destroy the world. In Psalm 91 verse 14 it says because he has set his love upon me therefore will i deliver him not deliver you from your enemies the enemies now yeah it can take place but god can still allow you to fall into their hands if he so desires but in this time in the time we're talking about when his own christ is coming again he says because you have set your love upon christ therefore i will deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. Remember in Psalm 18 I read, I called upon my Lord when the flows of ungodly men were all about me. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. If I go upwards, it says in verse 9, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So, the reason why the Lord, as we read in Psalms 18, why the Lord comes to, to save his people is, he said, because we delighted in him. We are, we are given the privilege to delight in the Lord now. To delight in the Lord is to keep him before our hearts, keep him before our eyes. It is to ask him for grace, for a clean heart and a pure hands. It is to ask him to give us the Holy Spirit so that we can love him with all our heart and say, I will not do this if this would displease my God. And I will do this if this would please my God. That is the only thing. And the God, God says, because you delighted in me above all men, you chose to keep the Sabbath when the whole world turned against it. You chose to say the truth when the whole world was writing uh, was 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 changing or whatever they were changing for money's sake you chose to remain with me even though that you did not see any immediate reward because he delighted in me i will save you may god help us that now we shall fulfill this prerequisite to delight in him to set our love upon him 
to 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 honor him with all our heart all our mind to keep ourselves from our iniquity to keep the statutes of the lord before us and his judgments always in our hearts may this be our experience that time that we shall be on the path of the righteous in jesus name amen the last paragraph of this reading says when he shall come to the earth again he will shake not the earth only but also heaven the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up but the lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of israel one reading this passage may feel strange and troubled and say why would the lord scatter the whole earth which he had made with his own hands hmm. why would the lord be so wroth with anger such an act seems like a strange act i want to remind us that in the book of deuteronomy 4 verse 2 god has said you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. This is the controversy God has, and man has been so bold to go against it. You know, the reason why we are here today is simply because I mean here by that, by this I mean why we are passing through the difficulties and sufferings and uh, corruption and disasters which we see in the world that saddens everyone is because man disobeyed God's commandments the commandments that were found to be for life in Deuteronomy 28 verse 15 God said but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day and all these causes shall come upon thee and overtake thee I can't read the rest of the text here I just want to explain to us the reason why God is offended and he has born long in Deuteronomy chapter 31 31 sorry 32 verses 17 the bible says and they sacrificed to devils not to god to gods which they knew not to new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful and hast forgotten god that formed thee verse 19 and when the lord saw it he abhorred them because of the provokings of his sons and of his daughters and he said i will hide my face from them i will see that their end shall be i will see what their end shall be for they are a very forward generation children in whom is no fit they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not god they have provoked me to anger to to anger with their vanities and i will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people i will provoke them to anger with foolish nation for my anger for my fire 
sorry, 22, for a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the earth. Verse 29. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their later end. This is the reason why God is scattering. This is the reason why God is scattering the whole earth. Man has torn down his law. In the book of Psalms, one one nine verse twenty says, the psalmist says, "It is time for thee, Lord, to walk, for they have made void their law." The Lord shall rise up as in Mount Perazim. He shall be wrought as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Isaiah 28 verse 21 To our merciful God, the act of punishment is a strange act. As I live, said the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel 33 verse 11 The Lord is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Yet he will by no means clear the guilty. By terrible things in righteousness he will vindicate the authority of his downtrodden law. The severity of the retribution awaiting the transgressor may be judged by the Lord's reluctance to execute justice. The nation which he bears long and which he will not smite until it has filled up the measure of its iniquity in God's account will finally drink the cup of wrath unmixed with mercy. Great Controversy 6 to 7, paragraph 2. So, this is the reason why God is judging the earth. Today, what do we have? Once again, we have the religious leaders of our world tampering with God's law. I know many of us, much of the population of the world, uh, for instance, claim to be honoring God on the Sabbath, on their own Sabbath, which they call Sunday, which is not the Sabbath of the Lord, and courtesy of the Roman Catholic Church. God is begging you, He's begging me, He's begging us, even some of us who may, who may claim to be born Seventh-day Adventists of any Sabbath-keeping denomination. God calls us not to take for granted His holy law. God calls us not to take for granted His standards. It is true, the Roman Catholic Church claims in her works that she changed the Sabbath from Sunday, from Saturday to Sunday. I'll read a quote. Before the quote, it is true, yes, that they really changed it. But God does not recognize this change. In Matthew 5 verse 17, said, Till heaven and earth shall pass, not one jot shall pass from the law. In Deuteronomy, where I started from, God said, Do not add, do not remove. In Revelation 22 verse 18, God said, for I testify unto every man that hear the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. 
And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Hey, this is a solemn warning from our God. How can then the, 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 the Catholic system, I read the quote, say this in the book Ecclesiastical Review, February 1914. She says, They, the Protestants, deem it their duty to keep the Sunday holy. Why? Because the Catholic Church tells them to do so. They have no other reason. The observance of Sunday thus comes to be an ecclesiastical law entirely distinct from the divine law of Sabbath observance. The author of the Sunday law is the Catholic Church. Such a bold statement, whereas God has said, no one should remove, no one should add. Because she has changed God's laws and ordinances as prophesied in Daniel 7.25, this is that system we are told in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 4, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, seated in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And this is taking the place of Christ. I read another quote here, in the Catholic Virginian, October 3, 1947. The article is titled, To Tell You the Truth. It reads, for example, nowhere in the Bible do we find that Christ or the Apostles ordered that the Sabbath be changed from Saturday to Sunday. We have the commandment of God given to Moses to keep holy the Sabbath day. That is the seventh day of the week, Saturday. Today, most Christians keep Sunday because it has been revealed to us by the Roman Catholic Church outside the Bible. You can see this is a bold statement by the Roman Catholic Church claiming that she had received a divine revelation which is against the law of God. God has said, do not add, do not remove. And if anyone adds or removes, that is why Revelation 22 verse 19 says, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and then God shall add unto him the plagues. Friends, it's a solemn appeal from our God that we should not receive these plagues, this hailstone, this destruction. I really pray that the word of God will have its place in my heart and in your hearts and in our hearts altogether that we may stand by our God in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage us today with a story in Exodus chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9 about the plagues that hit Egypt in the plague of the hail. Now, God wanted to send the plague of the hail. He had divided the world, in the, the whole of land of Egypt into those in Egypt and Israel in the land of Goshen. And this is what he tells Moses to tell the people of Egypt before the plague of the hail comes. He says in verse 19, Exodus chapter 9, verse 19, Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field. For upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. 
Now verse 20 says, He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thy hand toward the heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his hand, his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. So we see that this is what God is proposing to do again in these last days, the very last plague that will come upon the world. The plague that after it comes upon the world, there's nothing like it again. And God is encouraging us here that if we should be like the servants of Pharaoh and the children of Israel, who regards the word of the Lord, we should make hay now while the sun shines and run into Christ. Regard the word of the Lord, for there is a hail coming. Find shelter now in Christ. Overcome your sins and you'll be secured from that hill. Please, do not become those who do not regard the word of the Lord. This is an encouragement for us. And as much as you regard the word of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. Thank you, loving Father, for blessing us with your words this evening. After all said and done, what we want is to be prepared for your coming. Our characters are not yet perfect. And after all said and done, we still have battles to fight. We have victories to win. Lord, we present ourselves to you and also our listeners. We pray, Lord, for the grace of God upon our lives. We ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Please, whatever has not been done yet before you come, Lord, please take us through experiences, take us through situations that would purify us and make us white and clean. Remove from us every stain of sin and make us whole in your sight. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.